Welcome to this podcast from the Vessel Collective Church here in the heart of Texas. Our mission is to be vessels of the living Christ, set apart for His purpose and His kingdom. We thank you for sharing in this message here today. Amen. Man, that is so encouraging. Uh, just the message of worship this morning. I'm always amazed how the Lord is so perfect and, and how He does things. I'm always, I'm, I'm, I'm always amazed yet never surprised how He continually does that. And so I just love the message of this morning, the Lord making a way and a path forward in our lives, even when we think that we're done, even when we think we're not worthy, uh, the Lord's done with us or we've moved too far, He makes a path forward. So thank you guys for leading us in worship this morning. Uh, good morning and welcome to Vessel Collective Church. If I haven't met you yet, my name is Jake Toman. I have the joy and fun and privilege of serving as the pastor here. Uh, and if you're the new this morning, I just want to tell you our mission uh, here at Vessel is we are called to be vessels of the living Christ set apart for his purpose and his kingdom. And I would encourage you, if you're new here, I think I have a card. Uh, there should be a card on your seat that looks something like this. If you would, and I know you may be here as a first-time visitor or you're, you've come to participate in the commissioning of Hannah Lee or uh, for some other reason, but if you are new here this morning, haven't filled one of these out, I would love for you to put your information on this card and we will just send you an email this week saying thank you for coming and welcoming you to Vessel. And so... Uh, as we jump in this morning, I want to I want to warn you a little bit, and I want to uh, prep I want to preface everything we do this morning and prepare us to to just undo everything that we have expected of church. And as we walk in, I know if you're like me, I grew up in the church, and and church be- can become a rhythm, church can become an institution, church can become uh, a habit in a lot of ways, and in some ways that's not a bad thing. In some ways, that's healthy, but in other ways, that can really distract us from what the Lord's trying to do. And so we are in this series that we are calling Flourish 2020. And so if, if you weren't here last Sunday as we kicked off the new year, we talked about God's calling on our church for this year. And, and we talked about last year and what, how significant 2019 was for us and how at the beginning of 2019, God was calling us into deeper waters, and that was our focus and our goal and the call that God had on our lives. And we jokingly said that we didn't realize how deep he was calling us, but that's the way the Lord does things. And so he was calling us into deeper waters. And as we begin to pray about what this year is and what 2020 is for Vessel, uh, we began, we began to clear, hear clearly from the Lord that he is calling us to flourish and so if you weren't here last Sunday, I encourage you to go on to Spotify or podcast, wherever it is, and to listen to last week's message as we kind of really laid the landscape of what that looks like. And we really challenge not just us as a church, but you individually to, to really consider how God is calling you to flourish. And so we continue that this morning. And like I said, this, we're gonna, this morning is going to be a bit of a dance and we're going to do some things. We've got a commissioning for Hannah Lee. We're going to introduce our missions team to you and talk a little bit about what we're doing in regards to missions. So with that said, our focus this morning, and as we look forward in 2020 to flourish, our focus is on missions and what that looks like. And so to start, again, I want us to set down all baggage and expectations and thoughts on what that means. Because if I say the word missions, likely if you have any context 
of church or of ministry or someone that you know that's involved in church or ministry, you have some sort of context of what missions means. You, either you've been on a mission trip and you've got whatever your experience was there, whether good or bad, whether it was uh, an impoverished third world country or, um, or even here locally that you served in missions, what that looks like if you've ever been on a mission trip, maybe you think about that. Right, maybe uh, we have small groups here at the vessel, but a lot of other churches they have missional community groups, and so maybe you've been in a missional community and you have some sort of expectation of what that means to be missional, or maybe you know of the Great Commission in uh, Matthew twenty-eight eighteen that, that that we're called and we're commissioned by God to go and be my disciples to the ends of the earth, and so. Um, I want to encourage you to whatever that is to, to try to, to loosen that in your mind and in your heart. And this today is not going to be me redefining this is what missions is, this is how we define missions, this is missions, this is not, and here's how we do missions well. But it's going to be really to try to undefine some of that. And I know that that seems counterproductive. And if you're new here, you think, where did I just walk into He's trying to undo things in me. And so I want you to really try to undefine missions for yourself. And I think uh, I was sent an article this week by the Austin Stone, and they, they, it was about worship, but I, really it spoke to me in regards to church in general. And, and it was sent by Gary, and it talked about how a lot of times we think and we compartmentalize things when it comes to church. There, there's a part of us that is very cerebral, that is very, that, that we see when we look at church and we look at our relationship with Jesus or our lack thereof relationship with Jesus, it's very cerebral. It involves our brain. To us, it's very intellectual and we think through things. And then there's just this other part of us. Um, and if you're, this is, this is I, like, this isn't always equal for you. And so this is other part of us that's very emotional Rather than being cerebral, we're very emotional. So if this is the emotional side, I'm way over here. I'm all emotion and not very cerebral all the times. And so are the emotional part of us uh, experiences things when it comes to the context of Jesus um, with our heart and with our feelings. And even within church, what we consider church, we, we, we put things in different buckets. So like we just worshiped. So for a lot of us, worship feels very uh, emotional. It's an experience. It's a love. It's an adoration for Jesus. It, it connects with our heart. It connects with how we feel. And it's not always so cerebral. And then we've got the other side, where I'm standing now. I've got scripture open. We're going to talk about what Jesus said. And that we, we switch from the emotional, we switch to the cerebral. We're ready to think, we're ready to consider, we're ready to understand and seek knowledge. And so I don't know where, what side of that you live on, but what I would expect is in this room, if we had to divide up and take a poll or a vote, we, there would probably be half of us that feel more drawn towards the emotional and half of us draw more towards the cerebral. And so when we think about missions, I think that we tend to put missions into the cerebral side. We want to understand what it means to go on mission. We want to understand what the Great Commission is for our lives. And in the, in the context of having church, we want to understand what that means for us in church. And so I'm really encouraging you this morning to really uh, 
to not label anything, to not put things in the boxes and not look for a definition because I want to undefine, not define. And we're going to look at scripture and, and, and look at what Jesus said uh, about flourishing, about being a vine. I'm really excited about that. So again, this morning is going to be a bit of a dance. So the first thing that we're going to do is I'm going to invite up um, five people, our, our missions team. And so if you, could, if you guys would, if you're a part of our missions team, if you would come forward. So my original idea is I was going to have them uh, share this morning. And immediately, most of them were like, wait, 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 share? You said I could serve on the missions team. I thought this was a behind-the-scenes thing. Now you're getting me up in front of the church to share. And so uh, I'm going to ask them. I'm going to give some time for them to speak a little bit to about what we're doing in regards to missions. If you're new here, Vessel Collective Church, we are not even a year old. And so as we, are, as we are taking baby steps and as a lot of what we're doing is staring down at our feet, we're figuring out things as we go and putting things in place and seeking the Lord for that. And so uh, I'm going to let them share a little bit about what missions is for us and what that looks like. Um, yeah. So Sean James. Good morning, y'all. How's it going? Uh, so like Jake said, um, we are the missions team um, and really we're... We're not set apart in this tiny little cabal of people that make all these decisions. We're ambassadors uh, for y'all. We view uh, being a part of this team as being representatives in this area of missions for y'all. So I'd like to introduce everybody. Uh, This is Carrie. Say hi, Carrie. This is Russ. Hi, Russ. Reed. And we have Dora at the end. And as Jake said, we... uh, we promised we wouldn't make them speak because they didn't want to do that. These people are incredibly humble uh, servants of this church, uh, and they love the back scenes, uh, behind the scenes more than the front of the stage, um, which is just really incredible uh, that we have people wanting to serve in that way. Um, so just like kind of an update uh, of where we are as a church with missions, um, something really exciting that some of you may know um, some of you may not, is that as we as a church have formed and gotten going over these past, as this past year almost, which is crazy to think about, um, we've decided that as a church, we want to give 10% of all of the funds that come into our church to missions. We want that to go out from this church and be invested in kingdom work outside of this body um, and seeing God's purpose and kingdom that we're called to be vessels of carried out into this world. And so as we've met, we've kind of looked at a couple of different things that we want to invest in financially, invest in with our people, invest in with our prayer. Um, And the theme of this season for us was more to support where water was already flowing. Um, A lot of things, we'll read out some of the things that we're investing in as a church and missions. Most of these will not surprise any of you who have been around for a while. Um, Our church, we are not creating the missions for our church. You, us as a body, have invested in missions, have invested in kingdom work outside of this body. And really, we're coming as a team to help support what's already going on. And so uh, locally, we have just a couple of different things. Um, Unity Bible. And those of you who have been around, we've done those bilingual Spanish services with our friends who meet upstairs. Um, And we want to partner with them even more in the gospel uh, to reach Round Rock and to reach the surrounding area. And something else that we're investing in here locally, um, which is pretty exciting, is in Hernandez Middle School, uh, there's a fellowship of Christian Athletes Club that is starting to meet. Um, some of you who have been with us for a really long time, remember we met in, a middle school, in an elementary school, 
And the principal, Dr. Eflin, who used to be there, is now at Hernandez Middle School. And they began talking about how can we invest in these kids? Who do we want to be investing in these kids? And there was a wide open door for joining, uh, creating a new FCA for these students to come together, have community, be invested in. And so we've been invited to be a part of that, which is incredibly exciting. And we'll probably have more opportunities for y'all ahead of us uh, to be investing in that school as we continue to grow that relationship. Um, outside of our kind of immediate area, um, we are partnering with Haven of Love Ministries. Some of you who were here about a month ago will remember Karen Green, who came and she was walking up and down the aisles. It's hard to forget Karen Green. She had us up and going. She and her ministry, Haven of Love, is doing incredible work uh, with at-risk women um, in the DFW area and beyond. And so we are exploring what it looks like to partner with them even more. We're going to continue something that Gary and the worship team have been investing in over the past year year where they go and they serve in some prisons and lead worship and prayer with women who are incarcerated in these prisons. And it's some really powerful things. And so if you guys also are interested in any of that and prayer and worship and investing in those women, um, make sure to talk to some of us, talk to Gary, um, and there's lots of opportunity there. And beyond uh, our media area, beyond our state, even beyond our country, we have some really incredible opportunities in investing in what we've talked about as calling frontier missions. When you guys think about the word frontier, you think about the Wild West, the cutting edge out in the wilderness. Um, There are places in the world where the name of Jesus has not been heard. There are people who are born, live their entire lives, and die without ever hearing the gospel. And that's a tragedy that we, we can't stand. As people who know Jesus, we know that that is life-changing. It is something that everybody needs to have a chance to hear. And so as a young, new baby church, we have incredible opportunities to be investing in people and to be supporting people and sending people to areas of the world where the gospel is not yet heard. And so many of you know Stuart and Mary Lou Sorensen. They are in Nepal, and we are supporting them as they are beginning a new business and as they are working in Nepal uh, through that business to make relationships with people, to share the gospel, and to invest in broken people uh, through that opportunity. And this morning, we're going to have a really incredible opportunity uh, to commission and send out another missionary, uh, Hannah Lee. And we'll talk more about that later today, but she is going to the Middle East And she is going to be invested there and to share the gospel, to make relationships with Muslim people who do not know Jesus and do not know the transformation that he brings to their life and could bring to their life. So um, this is the team, and we are invested in praying for you and praying for what God has for us in the future as a church and where we can be invested in. We don't want to be strangers, so please come talk to us. If you have ideas and you have passions, we want to know what's going on in our church. We don't want to just be making decisions in a vacuum and tell you guys what we're doing. We want to be invested as a body together. Um, And our big goal, one of the things we've talked about, is finding opportunities where we can serve more regularly here in our community as a church. We have RAD and lots of other opportunities, and we want to invest even deeper and make that a part of our rhythm as a church. Um, So thank you guys for the support. Please pray for us as a team as we go through these decisions and as we pray for our church. Awesome. And you guys wait. Y'all got to stay up here. You can't leave yet, Carrie. 
So, um, funny enough, you know, I said they didn't want to speak, so I emailed them two weeks ago, and I asked them to pray through this idea as we walked into 2020 about God's calling on our, our church and our lives to flourish, and I had them read through Psalm 92, which is what we taught on last weekend, and, and just to try to hear from the Lord and spend some time, and I want to share with you just a little bit of things they responded to me and they sent back. Two different people talked about uh, Psalm 92 and how uh, interesting enough at the towards the end of the psalm we talked about it calling us to flourish, and two different people pointed out that the, the psalm starts first and foremost it's a psalm of the Sabbath, it's a psalm that we read on the day of Sabbath on the day of church. But they said uh, that is a start with this idea of thankfulness and faithfulness. And because of our thankfulness to the Lord, because of our faithfulness to God, it leads us to flourish. Scripture says, proclaiming your love in the morning and your faithfulness at night. And I love that idea of beginning your day with thankfulness and ending your day uh, with faithfulness to the Lord. Uh, Someone else pointed out Romans chapter 8, which uh, calls us uh, and reminds us that the Lord works for the good of those called according to his will. And the reminder that that's who we are, that God is working in us, in our lives, in the life of this church, according to his will. And he's working for the good of those, that us being able to be involved, whether, whether that be at uh, Hernandez Middle School or um, in, in Jordan or with Unity Bible upstairs, uh, that the Lord wants to pour his blessing out in that. Uh, and finally, uh, another person shared uh, Isaiah chapter 3, verse 10. And I'll read this to you, and I love how this person wrote and painted this picture because you'll see it's all emotion and not so cerebral, and it just speaks to my heart. It says this, it says, Tell the righteous it will be, it will be well with them, for they will enjoy the fruit of their deeds. And this person said that that image just paints this picture of them. It's like this Eden-esque image of them walking through the garden, enjoying the fruit of what God's doing. And so, man, I just love that. So I want to pray over this team and pray for a morning, and we'll jump into God's Word. And again, I want you to know this is what it means when we say we're a collective. That's, that's what this means. It means that we are a church that, that w- if you belong here, we want you to be involved in what we're doing, that this isn't about a person or about an agenda that someone has. This is about God calling us together and providing for this body perfectly. So I'm going to pray over them, and we'll let them sit down. Dear Lord, I thank you for every person on this team. I thank you for their hearts. I thank you that they embody so much about who we are, Jesus, that they are people of humility, God, they are people that that are authentic. They are people that are genuine and generous, Lord. And God, I thank you that unite us, that you unite us, God, in your bride. God, I pray for this morning. I pray that as we try to really look at your word and see what missions is and really what missions isn't, and how we're to participate in that, God, that you paint us a picture, God, and you free us from any sort of compartmentalization that we've got in our lives, in our hearts. I thank you for them. I pray that you speak through your word and speak through me. We pray these things in your name. Amen. Awesome. Now you can thank them. This morning, we're going to be in John chapter 15. Uh, If you need a Bible, if you would raise your hand, we have a uh, guest services team that would love to put a Bible in your hands. I would love for you to read along with us in Scripture. So if you have Bible app on your phone, you can pull that up. If you are like me and you carry paper Bible, 
And you can whip that out. So John chapter 15. Uh, and like Sean said, the idea of us as we kind of walked in this year, and I want you to know that we, we wanted to be, uh, if you know, if you know where we came from and our, our, the, the parent church that sent us out, Austin Christian Fellowship, um, was a church that was deeply involved in missions, a deeply generous church. And that's one of our core values of generosity. And, and we, we, when we talked through that, we talked about how that's been handed down from the parent. That, that, that God has used ACF to, to pass generosity down to us. And so um, I love the idea as we walked into this saying, hey, we're going to do 10%. And as a brand new, not even a year old church, we have lots of needs, lots of financial needs. And so to, for, for our team and our elder board and our missions team to say, we feel called to commit uh, at a minimum 10% to going towards missions out the door is a huge deal. Because it would be very easy for us to say, we need to wait on that. We need to wait until we're healthy. We need to wait until we're established. We need to wait until all of our needs are met so that when, then we could do that well. But we felt very convicted that, that we needed to send that out. And so the way that works is the first 10% of what is given goes out the door. So every week when we take a tithe and offering, we take 10% of that off the top and that goes into what we're calling like a storehouse model. And that, that's going in to be, to be sent towards missionaries, towards ministries, towards Unity Bible, towards uh, you know, missionary care, all that sort of stuff to be sent out the door. And so whatever God is providing, we're taking the first 10% and sending that out. And I know Sean mentioned Rad. And if you notice, Rad was not a part of anything they said. And, and RAD is a huge part of who we are. And I want you to know that when we sat down, we said 10%, we took RAD out of that. So all the money and the energy and the effort that we spend on our special needs ministry uh, is, is in addition to the 10% that goes out the door. And so I, I just want to, I can't tell you enough and commend those elders and that, that mission team enough to say yes to that when we have a lot of other needs in our church. And so uh, just the idea of where water is flowing is beautiful. So as we get into John chapter 15, really it was that scripture that I read out of Isaiah chapter 3 that really, as I was praying through, God, what does this look like when you call us to flourish? And, and especially when we think of the context of missions. Last week, we read out of Psalm 92, we talked about us flourishing and, and the example of us being a tree. The word says in, in Psalm 92 that we are to be like a palm tree. And we talked about how a palm tree is a, is, is stands erect and upright. And, and it's this, this symbol of reaching up to the Lord. And we talked about the scripture says that we are to be like a, a cedar of Lebanon. And how the cedars of Lebanon, they grow on mountaintops. They grow where no other plants can grow. And they have deep roots and they flourish where other things and, and other things cannot. And so this week, we shift focus from this idea of us being and our, our church being like these trees that are deep-rooted to this idea of us being a vine. And I love that example out of Isaiah 3, this image of us walking through the Garden of Eden, enjoying the fruit of what the Lord is doing in us. And as we worship this morning about moving forward and God using us, this image of a vine. And so uh, that's what we're going to be reading out of John chapter 15 is Jesus teaching his disciples and he compares himself. He says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. Verse two, he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. 
You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I am also remaining in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that's been thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever it is that you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. So Jesus paints his pictures for his disciples of a, of a vine, which is very different than what we talked about last week, being a tree. And, and this, for his disciples and the people of this time, this, the idea of being a vine was significant. That all through Old Testament scripture, God, God and through the prophets tells his people, tells the Israelites that they are the vine. And even in their temples, a lot of their temples would have a gold vine on them, which was a reminder of God's people being this vine. And so there's some really important things uh, for us here that when we think about missions, and we think about what that means and how we appropriately participate in that and advocate for that and consider that self for our own lives and for our church here that I think are important. So these are not, these, these five things that we're going to look at from the scripture are not in order. Uh, I move the order around a lot trying to figure out some sort of, um, some sort of sense or semblance. So they're going to be numbered, but they're not in any numerical order. So the first and foremost is that uh, we learn here is that, and, and we can learn about vines, is that vines grow horizontally. Vines grow horizontally. Um, if you've ever had a vine, when Shay and I moved in, our very first home that we owned, we had, it had vines growing up the side of the house, which we thought it was just beautiful. It made our house green and gorgeous. And then we find out that they're really destructive and they get into your wood and rot things. And so we ended up cutting them down, which is not a good point. But the idea (laughs) is that vines grow horizontal. And if you've ever, I don't know if you've ever seen, they have those kind of those, um, they're not stop motion videos, but they're, they're time-lapse videos of a vine growing. Have you ever seen this? And when it sends out a new vine or a branch, it will grow and the vine will spin the tip of the vine will spin until it gets to a point where it can latch onto something and they, they climb. And, they, and a lot of times they're, they're type of plants that are known as they, have, they send out runners or climbers. And vines by their nature spread horizontally. If you've ever been to a vineyard, if you've ever spent time in Napa Valley, I think that's when people have money and go on vacation, they go to Napa Valley. Unfortunately, that's not us. But you see the hillside, and it's covered in vines. And that was the same thing for God's people, that during this time uh, where Jesus was, there were vineyards everywhere. And so this made sense for them, is that it grows horizontally. And so the point is, and the idea of it growing horizontally, is the gospel is meant to move outward. It's meant to move outward. It's meant to go forth and not just stay in one place. When we think about flourishing and we think about a church and the institution of church, which I want you to undefine that, to get rid of that out of your mind, we think about flourishing as ourselves. We want to grow. We want to grow tall. We want to grow lush. We want to go green so that we are healthy. But what Jesus is telling his disciples is that I am the vine, you are the branches, and you are to grow horizontally. The Great Commission in Matthew 28 says, go forth 
and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. Acts 1 verse 8 says, and you will, Jesus says to them, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And if you've ever heard anyone talk about missions, those are good, nice, strong missions verses because they talk about in, in Jerusalem, in Samaria, and to Judea, to Judea, and to the ends of the earth and how the gospel moves forth. And even in Genesis, all the way back to the beginning of, the, the beginning of Scripture, in Genesis chapter 49, as Jacob is blessing his children, as he's dying and blessing his children, he, he says this to Joseph. He says, Joseph is a fruitful vine, a fruitful vine near a spring whose branches climb over a wall. Now I want you to know that if vessel is going to flourish in 2020, not if, because vessel is, is going to flourish in 2020, it means that we've got to be outward focused and that's why I think it's so appropriate that our elders and that missions team said yes to investing so much of, our, of, of what we have towards outward missions. Is that God is not calling us to flourish in this room. God is calling us to flourish outside of this room. And that means moving forward. And vines grow horizontally. The second thing are true about vines that we find here in the scripture is that vines are cared for. Not only do vines grow horizontally, but vines are cared for. Right at the beginning of the scripture, Jesus says this. He says, my father is the gardener or the, or the vine dresser. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will, bear even more, it will be even more fruitful. And I want you to know, regardless, and you notice here, that every branch, every piece of the vine meets the shear. Whether you're cut off or whether you're pruned, you don't avoid the shear of the vine press or the vine dresser. And I read that and I was just, man, that's, that's so powerful. Because what we have a tendency to do in our brokenness and our flesh as Christians, we want, we want no cutting. We want no pruning. We seek comfort. We seek ease. We want relationship with Jesus when it's under our terms. But what the scripture says here is that Jesus is the vine and God is the gardener. He is the vine dresser. And every branch that's off that vine gets cut. You bear no fruit and it's cut off and removed. If you are bearing fruit, it means that you're going to be cut so you can become more fruitful. And sometimes for us, that feels the same. It feels the same. Is that we are being cut. And we can sit there and we can say, "That's how is that fair? Here I am, Jesus, and I've given my life to you. I'm being obedient. I'm being faithful. I'm participating in your body, Lord. I'm giving of myself and my resources and my time. Why is that person bearing fruit? Why is it so easy for them? Why are they wealthy? Why do they have it easy? Why is everything right for them and nothing right for me? Because the truth is, is that when we're cut, whether we're pruned or we're cut off, sometimes in our brokenness, it can feel the same. And I'm reminded of that in this very room this morning. Because the truth is, is that the vine dresser does not consult the vine. 
Do you understand? The vine dresser doesn't go and say, branch, do you want to be trimmed? Because our answer is no, I'm good. I'm happy here with my one little piece of fruit. But if God is pruning you, if you're going through something difficult and he is pruning you, it's to become more fruitful. It's not because that, that you haven't been fruitful enough. It's that you're being pruned so that you can become more fruitful. So the vines are cared for. The third thing that we can see here is that the vines are connected. The vines are connected. Not only do they grow horizontally, not only is every vine cared for, but every branch and the vines are connected. Consider this. We're going to do a little Bible trivia right here in John chapter 15. So if you grew up like a good little Sunday school boy um, and you listened in all the classes, you will know this. So in John chapter 15, who is Jesus talking to in the red? This is red. Who's he talking to? No one? You can shout out this participation part. Disciples. That's right. He's talking to his disciples. You can get that right most of the time. He's always talking to those guys. They're like a ragtag bunch. So he's talking to the disciples. And when is he talking to them? The what? No one is brave enough to shout out. He's speaking to them at the Last Supper. That this is on the verge of his death and crucifixion. As he is not speaking to a crowd, he's not speaking to an individual. He is speaking to his disciples on the eve of his death and crucifixion. So I want you to know that the vines are connected. He says this, I am the vine, you are the branches. If, I, if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, it's, your, your, your translation has the word you. I am the vine, you are the branches. It's not you individually, it's you guys, Right? He says, I am the vine, you guys, y'all, all y'all, y'all are the branches. And so he's not talking to an individual. He's talking to us. Do you understand that? Is that the vines are connected. And so we, we met this morning as we, as we do a commissioning today uh, for Hannah, and we talk about that. I was reminded this morning as we met um, with Operation Mobilization, the, the sending organization that's supporting Hannah Lee going out. And I was reminded today how important the church is in that and how our connectivity matters and how it makes a difference. We've got a, a missionary couple that's in Nepal, the Sorensons. And I want you to know that they, they, they're in year three of being there. And it is hard. It's hard. And the thing, one of the things that the Lord uses to, to sustain them is our church, that we have an advocacy team that meets with them, that supports them, that prays for them, that keeps them in front of the church. And that's really important is that we're connected. It's easy to think as a missionary or someone who's going out as they're going away. They're going away. And Jesus doubles down on this. And if you cheat and read forward past verse 8, in verse 12, Jesus says this. He makes it more clear. He says, my command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater, greater love has no, has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friend. Is that Jesus makes it very clear. My, my command to you is to love one another. And that's what God calls us to do. The truth is, is that when people move away, 
it's hard. When people leave your church, it's hard and it's difficult. And there are lots of reasons for people to move. People can make the foolish decision to move to Nashville, Tennessee, because they're being faithful to God, because God's calling them out, right? And they're being pruned. Not from us, they are being pruned. And they feel like they're being cut. Jorge and Lisa Gonzalez are moving today to Orlando. They've been leaders in our church. They've led small group. They've led guest services ministry. And God's calling them Orlando. That is difficult and that is hard. But that's what the Lord does. Maybe there's someone who's going away on mission. Maybe, maybe they're giving their life and they're going to move to Jordan because that's where God's calling them. That's hard. When Stuart and Mary Lou were here, my, my main focus on that Sunday was to not weep in front of the church which is terrible because you get a microphone and you're all emotional over here and then you have no out when you start to get a little teary. So that was my main goal is, is that's hard. You miss people. God may be calling them out to, on a mission to, to, to college or to wherever that is, but people leave and it's hard. Maybe they're mad. Maybe people are leaving vessel because they're mad. So we haven't done something for them or they don't like the music or they don't like the preaching. That's not a far stretch. Whatever it is, they don't like the smell of the gym after they veneer the floors. They don't want to set up and tear down. They've been hurt. There's been a transgression against them. They've been offended. Guess what broken people do? Broken people hurt others. I'm talking about you and I'm talking about me is that we are broken people and God calls us in the relationship with one another. What he's saying is that you are to love one another. Let me be clear. Despite your brokenness, despite your offense, despite how mad you are, you are to love one another. That is my command to you. And so it's hard when people leave. But I want you to know that God prunes us He sends us out. He puts us on mission so that the gospel can move forward, so that the vine can go out, so they can bear more fruit, so that we can fulfill what God is calling us to do and who he's calling us to be. So when we think about missions and we think about our church, we hold things loosely. We hold things loosely. We are not a hoarder of people. We are not a hoarder of resources. We want to go forward and we want God to use us to flourish out there not in here. The next thing that we can learn from this scripture and Jesus teaching us on vines is not only do they go horizontal, not only are they cared for by the vine dresser, not only are they connected. So the next thing is that vines are rooted in Jesus. Again, verse five, I am the vine, you are the branches. You guys, y'all, the church. If you remain in me and I in you, You will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. That is a relationship. If I remain in you and you remain in me, it goes both ways. And this is the strongest of all the analogies that Jesus uses to describe and help his disciples and to help us understand what it looks like in our relationship with Jesus. It is complete and total dependency. He's not 
mixing words here. He's not beating around the proverbial vine bush. He is clear. He is the in me, you have everything. You have purpose. You have provision. You have life outside of me. You have nothing. You're to be gathered up and burned because you're good for nothing. Is that he's really clear. Is that we are rooted in Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 11 verse 18 says this. It says, do not consider yourself to be superior to those other branches. Does that poke you at all? We're not better than any other church. What we're doing here at Vessel is not superior to what they're doing down the street at First United Methodist Church. What's happening upstairs at Unity Bible Church. So Paul writes, don't consider yourself to be superior to those other branches. If you do, consider this. You do not support the root, but the root supports you. You see, we are to be rooted in Jesus Christ. Jesus is not dependent on us. We are dependent on him. And the vine does not support the root, but the root supports the vine. And what we need to flourish, if God is calling us to flourish in 2020, and that is truly what God is calling us to do, which I believe that that is what he's going to do in us. Here's what we need. More importantly, here's what we don't need. We, we don't need a good program. We don't need a building. It's not a great offering every week and wealthy members that give generously. It's not a, a talented worship team that entertains us. It's not a, a dynamic and, and, and wonderful student ministry. And it's certainly not a charismatic and entertaining teacher on Sunday mornings. What we need to flourish is complete and total dependency on Jesus Christ. That's what we need. It's reminded that the vine and the branches are rooted in Jesus. And finally, the last thing that we have here, not only do they go horizontal, not only are they cared for, not only are they connected, Not only is the vine rooted in Jesus, but finally, the vine bears fruit for the gardener's glory. If you look here uh, in the last verse, in verse 8, it says, This is my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. He talks about fruit three times in these eight verses. He says, If you bear fruit, you will be pruned so that you can be more fruitful. So it goes from fruit to more fruitful. And finally, if you remain in me and I in you, this is my Father's glory, that you will bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. This is a progression. And I want you to hear me clearly that God wants us to flourish. God is calling our church to flourish in 2020 because he wants to bear much fruit in us. Not for our sake, but for the sake of the world. A vine does not bear fruit so it can consume its fruit. A vine and a tree bears fruit for the sake of others. And every piece of fruit that it bears, every piece of fruit that that a tree bears, what's inside of that fruit? There's a seed. And inside the fruit is a seed, and a seed leads to reproduction. 
Now, I want you to know that what God wants to do as us is flourish, not so that we can have a building or not so that it can be easier, but for the sake of the world so that the gospel can move forward. And so I, I, when we think about missions, when we think about missions in our own lives and, and sending out and participating in a church like this, God wants us to bear fruit. He wants to grow us. So if you call it, this is your home and this is my church at Vessel, I want you to know that God wants this church to flourish. If you go to Austin Stone and you meet over there off McNeil Road, God wants Austin Stone to flourish. Not for the sake of the stone, but for the sake of the kingdom. If you go to ACF and you're part of Austin Christian Fellowship, God wants his church and his bride to flourish. For whose glory? It's not for ACF's glory. It's not for Austin Stone. And it's surely not for Vessel's. It's for the glory of God. And that's why we will fight for humility. We will fight for humility every day, everything that we do. Because scripture's clear, if you humble yourself, God will exalt you. We thank you for listening today and pray that you are blessed by this message. We invite you to join with us on Sundays or connect with us at our website, vessel.church.